to the Oak at Clubhouse week this is episode three which means week three of baseball is in the books we're going to tell you what happened we're going to tell you what's gonna happen we're going to talk about all things 2020 baseball season but first let me tell you I'm here with my co-host Warner and hello and Charlie happy Monday baseball fans I, of course, am Sammy Franchise, and I am here to break it down for you. First off, though, how's everybody doing? Doing good. Doing, doing all right. Doing good. Um, Life keeps moving I, on. Oof. I just I had this game on just before we started recording, and I saw that uh, there was a big collision in the outfield. Uh, Pirates versus Tigers. Uh, I don't even know who it was. In the... Yeah, it was the Pirates. Uh their right fielder and their first baseman, I think, just collided really bad. So I'm just kind of looking at that, and that looks uh, unfortunate for them. Yeah, that's uh, – anyways, how are you, Charlie? <laughs> I'm fine. It, you know, Twins just lost to the Pirates and the Royals. I'm not worried or anything. They still have a good record, but, you know, <laughs> I'm a little worried. Speaking of teams that have a good record, the Marlins are back. They are off the COVID delay in their schedule, the postponement of every game, and they have been playing great baseball. They're the best team in baseball, guys. The Marlins. Yeah, they really are. They came back. They cleared the air. A lot of people were very upset at them. You know, they were basically considered the Rudy Gobert's of the MLB, and people were upset. Obviously, allegations, they were at strip clubs allegations that they did not you know tell the league when they found out they had positive tests and and went and played anyway that's not what they say they say they did everything they were supposed to when it comes to league officials they say they 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 think they got it going out and getting coffee there was no strip club um and they say you know what we don't care what anyone thinks we're gonna come out here and win every game because we're good all of a sudden? I don't know. Most of the team is guys who, as ma- the movie Major League puts it, are either has-beens or never wases. Uh, I was very surprised to find out that Francisco Cervelli is playing catcher for them. Um, but <laughs> Pretty well, too. I'm not going to get too much into it because I know it's going to be one of our team of the weeks that we're going to break them down a little bit more. But, guys, the Marlins are back, and they're good. What's going on? Well, it's a perfect storm <laughs> for the Marlins. I mean, I don't know they got a bunch of free... Free publicity, you know, all you know, all publicity is good publicity. So even though everyone's hating on them, people are actually talking about the Marlins, and then they come back and are good. So I, I think they've got to be pretty happy with this whole situation and how it's played out. Well, one team comes back, another team goes out. The Cardinals have not played in a long time, and by the time this episode comes back, I think they're hopefully going to start just start coming playing games again but nine players seven staff members all out with covid their games have been postponed the field of dreams game against the white Sox that one has been canceled 
And the Cardinals are going to end up having to play 55 games in 49 days when they come back. So Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're not going to play them all. I don't know what they're going to do. I'm, I don't know what baseball is going to do, how they're going to manage that and fit all those games in or how many they're going to be able to fit in. Um, right, they're going to end up having to... If if no one if not everyone plays the same amount of games, which it's very likely that won't happen, they're going to end up having to kind of s- decide who makes the playoffs by win percentage. But if a team plays forty games, like there, there's going to have to be a minimum amount of games to play. You're going to have to qualify just like for yeah, the batting title or the so. RA title. Um, yeah. Well, what do yeah, you think that uh, should be? Forty games. It's, it's probably got to be. It's probably got to be fifty. I, I mean, you can't play twenty games less than than other yeah. teams. Yeah, I mean, yeah, are the Cardinals going to play fifty games? Honestly, They'll probably like, get to fifty, especially with the seven inning doubleheaders. I mean, yeah, unless they true. have another stoppage. Right, that's the thing. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Is yeah, who knows? Who knows? But you know, yeah. it's it sucks. But again, I mean, it's just this one team, which like is kind of good news. We're not seeing we're not seeing like huge spread from team to team. We're kind of seeing it localized in teams. Which, well, yeah, I know Twins fans were all worried because the Cardinals were here and then left, and then that that was right when their whole thing started, and now it's still ongoing. But right when they left, the Twins community was all like, well, you know, we're just like waiting for the breakout for our team to start, and it never did, so it is good news. Yeah, well... It's 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 always bad news anytime someone's sick, but hopefully these guys can get better. They can fight COVID and beat it. And speaking of beating it, guys, did you see this? Oh no! <laughs> the Blue Jays Atlanta Braves played, and there's a little bit of a troll job going on from the Braves organist against Blue Jays catcher Reese McGuire, who very recently has been in the news because he was cited by local police. Well, for choking the chicken in public, he was slapping the salami where he wasn't supposed to be parked in a car, parked in his car in the middle of the night. And when he came up to bat against the Atlanta Braves, their organist was being a little cheeky and played Michael Jackson's beat it when McGuire came to the plate. Guys, is this funny? Is this a good troll job or is this kind of whack? It's a I feel good like organist. It's a good troll. Are always job. Yeah, I feel like organists are always the biggest trolls at a baseball stadium because um, f- I feel like they can just get away with shit. They just play stuff. You know, you might not recognize it at first, but then after the fact, you're like, wait a minute, he was playing Beat It. And I know there's the famous story of an organist getting thrown out of a baseball game for playing three blind mice uh, because an umpire had blown oh, man. some calls. <laughs> That's great. Um, yeah, I think organists are maybe low-key the best trolls in all of baseball. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I've got to say, if this was like a Louis C.K. situation and he had done this like as a part of some sort of sexual assault or something like that, and then the organist did this, I'd be like, let's not. Uh, yeah, but this, like, yeah, it's a little different. Um, it's still obviously not a good thing. The guy was doing this in his car at a public place. Um, well, that brings up my follow-up question. Have either of you two ever masturbated in your car? Uh, that's gonna be a no. Um, what's your next piece of news? Well, my next piece of news, guys, is not a very fun one, but uh, 
the Oakland A's bench coach Ryan Christensen has been under fire because of a uh, basically he was hiling Hitler as his team walked off the field after a victory. Um, he says you know he he didn't realize that he was doing it. He was kind of he said he was trying to social distance in the basically the high five line where they are supposed to be bumping elbows. He was the only one who had his arm straight out in front of him. Um, then after he Liam Hendricks, the team's pitcher, corrected his arm gesture, he then did it again and appeared to be laughing while doing it. Um, I know a lot of people are talking about that right now. There's kind of, you know, I don't know. I, I The first time I watched it, I was like, maybe he did it. I was kind of giving him the benefit of the doubt. The more I've thought about it, the more I've watched it. I kind of think he did know what he was doing. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I think you gotta. No matter what, you gotta realize the platform you're on. People seeing you. Yeah, I'm seriously mm. at a loss for words. I've watched it probably a dozen times, and part of me thinks, like you said, Sam, he knew he was doing it, but I think maybe for some reason in his head, it was it was a joke from the start. But I just don't understand how. These guys know that they are on camera. All like if you are on yeah. the field, you are on camera. Why? Why on earth? Even if you thought like, obviously context is important, and I, I'm, I don't think it's fair to say he is a white supremacist or a Nazi or something. But then again, we don't know, and I think like it's the team's responsibility to suspend him and investigate. You know, investigate him. Go through his social media. Go through you know the people he's in yeah. contact with to make sure he's that wasn't on purpose but i just i just don't it's like such a if if it was a joke it's like so tone deaf and just i mean i don't want to insult the guy's intelligence i'm sure he's like a smart guy but this was so stupid this I was mean, so he's the dumb bench I mean, coach. Yeah, it was like stupid. the bench coach is supposed to be kind of like one of the main leaders in that staff like He's yeah. not just like some random quality control guy or something. Like he is bench coach is a very important position and yeah, I think that he needs to be, you know, held responsible here. Yeah, I mean I I, I don't know what else I can add to what you guys have both already said. Um other than I just I mean I agree. I I I can't even begin to fathom what this dude was thinking. Um especially doing it the second time and then like laughing. Yeah, Christensen said, uh, just, to, just to say quickly what he said, obviously I wasn't doing that intentionally. I just blacked out. My mind wasn't there and I spaced out. I'm sure it looks terrible. I did it, but it was not intentional. I don't know what more to say. Um, I'm cringing inside, picturing myself. Of course, I'm sorry for it. It's like standing there with my middle finger up. Eh, it's a little bit worse than standing there. With your yeah, up, I think buddy. it's a lot worse uh, than that. That would be funny <laughs> if he was standing there as the team's coming in and he's just giving him the middle finger. That would be so funny. Sounds what he like did he is blacked out funny. again during this statement. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. that's the thing um, is like you got to understand it's not just a crude gesture. It's not just something mm-hmm. that is inappropriate. It's something that is extremely hurtful to a lot of people who would see that. Yeah. And yeah. Um, you know, I read an interesting thing from a, a former MLB player, Cody Decker, who was a, a, a Jewish ball player. He played from, uh, he was drafted in 2009. He played from 2015 to 2019. You know, he kind of came out in, in response to this. He said the, there's ex- an extreme amount of anti-Semitism in pro baseball. 
I mean, he says, I mean, the amount of Nazi jokes I've dealt with throughout my entire career is pretty staggering. Um, and he just kind of was saying he'd like to see Christensen be held accountable. He thinks a suspension would be a fair thing. I mean, I know Ian Desmond talked about um, when he opted out months ago that he, there's just, he just pointed out there's a lot of racism against, you know, black people in baseball. There's a lot of homophobia in baseball. And I, I think it's pretty clear a lot of times like we see guys who say things in the media that like I know Daniel Murphy has said things that like just just kind of like ignorant comments and I would like to see mm. MLB Rob Manfred do a better job of stamping out ignorance in your sport. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I personally I like so, you yeah. said the, the bench coach is an important role, but I don't think it would be to- a total shock or like a bad thing. I think just suspend the guy for the rest of the season. Just say, that was so bad. This is a new story we didn't need in the midst of everything else going on is you doing this on TV. Like, yeah, and it doesn't matter that he blacked out for a minute. Like, you did a very d- bad thing. Like, it, you, that's not an excuse that, oh, I wasn't thinking and I, I just blacked out for a minute. That doesn't matter. Just makes you, you did a horrible dumb. thing, dude. Yeah, like, you did a really shitty thing. You shouldn't still be on a baseball field right now i don't know like yeah um yeah and i think i think it's just disappointing just really disappointing especially with everything else going on it's like is this really this is not the thing we want to be talking about in baseball there's so many other issues like specifically like there there's been issues with you know black players and minority players and then like now you're just going to like target Jewish players now, and it's like, why we didn't need to have that be part of all of this, too. Right. I would like, like to you, see... Or you didn't have to put that on display. display. I would like to see... I mean, yeah, it was a huge thing in, in, in baseball. You know, guys like Tim Anderson will say, you know, he's the only black player on the White Sox, and it's it's I think it's down to, like, 8% of MLB players are, are black American players. And... I think there's a lot of racism that goes into it. I think there's a lot of black players who have been turned off, like Ian Desmond said, by things they hear in the locker room. I'm, sh- you know, statistically there's there are gay players in in the MLB. Uh, I know this is kind of getting you know somewhat off topic of what this ex- circumstance is, but there are gay players in the MLB statistically. There aren't any any open ones, and you got to wonder if it's just because this kind of clubhouse, like even when guys are saying like, oh, it was a joke, laughing about it. That right. you have to understand what that does to the people who are of those groups that you are. Yeah, it trivializes. Yeah, it's not it. a joke. It's, it trivializes. It's not a joke it to says those this isn't people. important. And... Who cares? Why are you getting upset? And it's just a totally misunderstanding the the concept of like oppression in general. And like, you can't you can't make jokes about it. You just can't. It's not a joke. Even if you thought it was funny, and the people in the clubhouse laughed at it doesn't mean that that's okay it trivializes the whole experience and another shitty thing about it is you know what it overshadows the week the a's had because they had an amazing week they're my team of the week guys uh so can we get into that yeah yeah that's a good transition from something awful to something positive about the same team the other a's (laughs) the teams of the week the a's this week the players not their bench coach they went undefeated this week. Their first play... I mean, we record this on Saturday. It's going to come out on Monday, so obviously things can change. 
But so far, undefeated this week as of this point. First place in the AL West. They swept through Seattle and Texas. Um, a guy, a young guy I know everyone's excited about over there, Jesus Lazardo, started his first game. He'd been in the bullpen earlier. Started his first game, went five scoreless, just two hits. Uh, and look, early in the season, the infield, which like is really supposed to be the kind of the strength of this team, they were slumping. Simeon was slumping. Chapman wasn't hitting that well. Olsen was in a terrible slump. And all of a sudden, they're starting to turn it around. Matt Olsen is heating up. He's hitting ding-dongs left and right. Um, on Friday, the A's played the Astros. Someone uh, had a, a plane going by that had one of those banners coming off that said the Houston <laughs> Asterix. That was pretty funny. Um, and that game went 13. It was a 13-inning war of attrition. Uh and Chapman saves the game in the 10th inning with an incredible diving stop and just a bullet to first base. Then Simeon walks it off in the bottom of the 13th with a single that scores Charlie's favorite player, Robbie Grossman. Uh, and it all just caps off a really good week for this A's team that, like, I picked them to win the AOS. I think they're pretty exciting. I, lo- I love their I, – to me, they have the best uniforms in baseball. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I love the A's organization. That's what – made me so sad about the Christensen ordeal, but to see the A's playing well and seeing that fun team, you know, living up to that potential, it's a good pick. Yeah, I really like yeah, the A's this week. I, I always try to watch them whenever they're on, uh, especially because I love Matt Chapman. I think he's so good. Yeah, you've got a man crush on Matt Chapman. He seems sure. like a good hang. He seems like he'd be fun yeah. to hang out with. You can, like, play video games and drink like Natty Light. I feel like he'd be into that. <laughs> All right. Uh, Charlie, how about you tell us who's your team of the week? All right. My team of the week was the Rockies. I mean, who saw this coming? The Rockies, 10-3 and three on the year. I mean, I don't know why people didn't see this coming. They've got great players. Trevor Story, Nolan Arenado, Charlie Blackman. All are playing really well. Um you know, they've been in some slugfests, uh, you know, beating the Giants 6-4, to four, beating the Mariners 8-4, to four, and, you know, they had a good series against the Padres right at the beginning of August. And I just, you know, the Gi- Giants and the Mariners aren't like a big test of their strength, but, you know, they won the series against the Padres. I think the Rockies are kind of a surprise team, but they've got a lot of talent. And I think in a short season, they're like, the perfect surprise team in the NL West to kind of just swoop up the into the extended playoffs and, you know, try and, you know, make a run for a World Series in, in that extended playoff format. I really like the Rockies. Their pitching has been really good, and that's yeah. kind of surprising, surprising. From, you know, having to play in mile-high Denver. Um, do you think that'll keep up, that'll last? I don't. I mean, I think they're going to have some regression towards the mean. I think that's just inevitable that they're overperforming at this point. But again, with such a short sample size in a sixty-game season, they don't. If they can keep it up for another thirteen games, then even if they, um, you know, if they're ten and three right now, if they're twenty and six, it, their pitchers can regress to the mean. And they're still going to make it in the extended playoffs. So I've, I, the Rockies, I think, have put themselves in a great position to, 
if they can stay hot for a little bit longer, just kind of be a lock to make it in that extended playoffs. And I think that'll be fun to see some yeah. uh, Coors in the playoffs. Yeah, right now they've got th- be exciting. Right now they've got three starting pitchers whose ERAs start with two or less. So yeah, that's pretty impressive. That's stuff. fun. Uh, Warner, what about you? I think we kind of teased it earlier. Yeah, so but... yeah, kind of teased it. Uh, I've got the Marlins this week. Uh, yeah, after coming back from the whole COVID outbreak situation, uh, they've been they've gone five and zero. Um, they swept the Orioles in a four game series that included some seven game doubleheaders. Uh, beat the Mets uh, yesterday, Friday, for our recording. Um, I mean, they're seven and one right now. They you know they've got the best record. Uh, like we were talking about, um, win percentage is great uh and i feel like they've just been having some kind of surprise outings from a lot of players um they've also kind of got this motley team that it feels like uh they've got all these new guys that kind of showed up for this year they've got jonathan vr uh they've got jesus aguilar uh cory dickerson you know guys that and uh cervelli as well you mentioned him sam these guys that it's like wait these guys are on the marlins now yeah well Um, if people listen to our preview podcast episode i mentioned the marlins and how they added all these guys who are kind of has-beens but you know still mm-hmm. could break out again yeah yeah um it's interesting um brandon kinsler their closer uh he's got i think what three or four saves at this point he's been closing out games uh pretty solid for them because uh, they've had a couple of close games that you know he's come in and locked it down, uh, and then also just kind of fun. Don Mattingly notched his 282nd win the other day, which uh, made him the winningest manager in Marlins history. Um, so you know I think that's kind of a fun moment uh, whenever a manager can kind of take that historic spot in a franchise's history. Uh, so good for him. I've got two things on Don Mattingly real quick. One. He said uh, their first game back from COVID, he said he hadn't even met most of the guys on the team until the day of that game. Yeah, I mean, that's wild. <laughs> that is wild. Because they had all those guys who were you know, ineligible to play because they were still quarantining from recovering from COVID. So they had all these mm-hmm. players on their 30-man roster at the time that he didn't even know who they were. Um, but another thing about Don Mattingly this dude needs to figure out how to wear that mask because he is constantly wearing it well under his nose and it's very upsetting every time I see him. Especially on the Marlins with their whole situation. He should be, yeah, exactly. uh, you know. Donnie Baseball, be more like how it's done. Donnie Bad Mask Wearer. Good one. Sure. Um, and also there's just one more player I want to shout out. Uh, Humberto Mejia is a rookie, made his debut uh the last time he pitched uh it looks or the last time he pitched in a regular season game within the Marlins organization was August 9th 2019 in single A ball at Fort Myers uh he came out had his debut and struck out 6 over 2 and a third um so i feel like the Marlins are just having these players that you're not expecting show up and have great days and I think in a normal season, we'd all sit back and go, you know, yeah, that it's the first week of baseball, whatever, you know, by the time the season's over, they're not going to matter. But we are now, what, 10% into the season? We're coming up 25% into the season. 25, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're almost a quarter of the way through. So 
stuff like this, I guess the Marlins have maybe only, they've only played yeah. seven or eight games. So that's where I, but anyways, yeah, it's um interesting to see what can happen. Um, well, so yeah, I think uh, we just my pick. have to, I have to point out that a guy like uh, Humberto Mejia would not have made the team if it wasn't for COVID, the expanded roster. It, yeah. Exactly. You know, so so just kind of these crazy circumstances that give him an opportunity, but then he comes out and deals, you know? Yeah, um, which is cool. Good for him. Yeah. So that was a great week of baseball. Guys, it's time to give out our awards, the prestigious OGET Awards. OGET Weekly Awards. Um, I'll start us off this week with the Flash the Leather Award that we're going to give to the best defensive play of the week. And I'm going to give it to a guy, Alex Verdugo. Playing right field for the Boston Red Sox. They brought him over this year in the Mookie Betts trade. Not only did he rob a home run in in Fenway's right field that was just an awesome, fully extended hand way up catch, but he had already hit two home runs in that game. So he hit two dingers, then took a dinger away. I thought that was an awesome play. It's all over Twitter. Alex Verdugo gets the Flash the Leather Award this week. I don't like leather. I love leather. Yeah, what a great game. Awesome. Yeah, good for him. Um, Charlie, you're you're presenting our King of the Hill this week. Who are you giving it to? Well, there's a lot of good candidates. Shane Bieber's still on fire. Lance Lynn, it's got the lowest ERA in baseball. It's got like an 850 ERA plus or something insane. Um, and my boy Randy Dobnak on the Twins has been really good. I don't know who saw that coming, but I'm not picking any of those guys. What? I'm going with Zach Britton from the New York Yankees. I've rolled his Chapman's out. They went to Britton as their closer, and he's just been lights out. So far this season, he's pitched five innings and has only given up one hit. Last week, that's pretty great. I mean, he he's got he's five for five on saves. He's just been Mister Reliable. And, you know, the Yankees' offense is the big, what you think about, and you think about Garrett Cole and, you know, some of their pitchers, but Zach Britton has been the lockdown guy at the end of that bullpen to just get these wins locked in for the Yankees and has been a huge part of their success. So, Zach Britton, he's my king of the hill. Very cool. Warner, the most prestigious of all the awards, the Ding Dong Boy of the Week. Um, yeah, Ding Dong Boy of the Week. I mean, pretty obvious. Uh, it's the guy that Sam is simping for all the time, Aaron Judge. Uh, Judge, I mean, he homered in five straight games, also included, which also included a two home run night, uh, and his seven, but now I think eight, uh, because he hit one earlier today. Uh, eight dingers are. I think is now the lead in baseball. Again, it's kind of hard. We're recording yes, on it Saturday. Is, it is the lead. Uh, it, it, I'm sure it will lead. still lead by Monday. He might even hit more. By yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll hit three more <laughs> by Monday. He'll probably hit three more. So Ding Dong Boy of the Week, uh, Aaron Judge. But we've got an honorable mention to the Ding Dong Dad of the Week, uh, Mike Trout. After returning to the Angels from paternity leave, he hit three home runs in two games. Um, dad power is real, guys. Um also, then, he hit one a couple days later on his birthday. So, happy birthday, Mike Trout. Enjoy your four home runs in, like, four days. You are the father. Uh, Mike Trout has two kids. 
Yes. His actual son, and then the Seattle Mariners. They're all well. <laughs> yes. So he has he has thirty one kids because the, the entire Mariners oh, did they organization. They reduce rosters to twenty eight. Okay, all right, twenty nine. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, yeah, those uh, ding dong boy of the week, Aaron Judge. Very cool. Really good week of baseball. Fun to watch. I, I'm i liking this season. I, I The only thing I, I that's kind of the crowd noise, I think I mean, they got to get rid of it. I don't like it. What do you guys think? Eh, I kind of just tune it I, out, honestly. Yeah. I either tune it out or, like, honestly, I'll have a game on in the background, and it's muted anyway because I'm doing other stuff, and I'll just go over and watch for a little bit and turn on the sound and then go back. So, like, I don't really – Care, I will say I've listened honest. to a few games on the radio, and I think it would be really jarring on the radio without the crowd noise. It sounds okay on the radio broadcasting. I've heard I see. something interesting, but on TV, it's ugh. related somewhat to fans, maybe not to fans. I don't even. Uh, we had our first ever drone delay in an MLB. I was going to bring that up. I was wondering <laughs> if you were going to bring it up. Uh, that was so weird, Charlie. I know you were as your twins watching the game. What the what the fuck happened there? I mean, I haven't heard any news afterwards, like if they ever found who was operating it or or what. But yeah, that was that was so weird. It in just the middle of play, a, a, a drone just flies into Target Field, right? It was yeah, or was it in it was Pittsburgh? Like the fourth or fifth inning. Was it in Minnesota? or Was it in Pittsburgh? It was in yeah. It was at Target Field yeah. in Minnesota. A drone just flies and, into Target Field and and just hovers around. They did this shot. They were like, you know, it was the classic broadcast shot from behind the pitcher. And then all of a sudden they cut to Byron Buxton in center field. And he's just kind of like looking up for like two seconds. And then he looks over at Max Kepler in right field. And then he just starts jogging off the field. And you're like, what? what's even happening? What? They're just leaving? What's going on? And then they cut to this drone in the sky. And it's like kind of swooping down. And the umps are like, everybody get the fuck off the field. We don't know what the hell's going on. You know, is this, this could be dangerous. I mean. Warner, uh, this is a, an opportunity. Do you have anything you want to tell us? What? Yeah. Was that you, Warner? Were you the one flying that drone? Yep. All the way from LA. It's the most high powered drone known to man. The signal, uh. Is able to fly it all the way from here out to uh, Target Field. Because right, I thought it'd be th- funny. That's an admission. Get him, boys. Were you just trying to look at cake? Were you just trying to look at ball players' cake? <laughs> what does that mean? Their butts. <laughs> Their butts. Um, oh. I, anyway, I think one of the funniest things about this was how like nonchalantly the drone flew in, as if nobody would notice it or hear it yeah. or see it. Like it kind of just like slowly swooped in. And then there, it was like a 13 or 14 minute delay where the drone was just sitting there. And one of the Pirates of uh, relievers started chucking baseballs at it from the bullpen, trying to hit it out of the sky. And then it just kind of rose in elevation by 50 or 100 feet. Well, and that then was sat there. That was some of the strangest news I've seen in baseball. And that kind of transitions us perfectly to our next segment. Uh, three true outcomes. We're going to talk about some weird news stories. You're going to tell me home run, walk, or strikeout. If it's a home run, we're going to read the story. If it's a walk, we're going to read the headline. If it's a strikeout, we're not going to talk about it at all. Guys, I've got three key phrases for you. You're going to tell me 
which you want to what you want to do which which get what outcome so our th- our our first one phallic cutting board second one message in a bottle and our third one hot wheels well, boards. Charlie, I know what the cutting board one is, so oh, I can tell you about. I think I do. So honestly, we could walk that one, and I could tell you about it, or strike out that one, and I could tell you about it later. All right, um, the fans can look it up if they're interested. We'll strike um, that one. Okay. Um, so message. So so phallic cutting board. Three swings, miss on all of them. You're out. That's how they call strikeouts in baseball. And uh, <laughs> yeah. So two left message in a bottle and Hot Wheels. One's a homer, one's a walk. Your call, Charlie. I don't know. I want to hear what the message in the. I want to hear more about the message in the bottle because I can go in so many different ways. Hot Wheels. All right, so we'll. Yeah. All right, so we'll sure walk Hot Wheels home run on the. So we're walking Hot Wheels. Let's hear what the headline was. Radio host breaks Guinness record for longest Hot Wheels track. I'm glad I walked that one. Yeah, yeah. All right. So Guinness records are like, you, you could just get one for anything. Message in a bottle gets the big ding dong, and it's NC student, North Carolina students' message in a bottle travels 4,000 miles to Morocco. A North Carolina wow. girl's message in a bottle traveled more than 4,000 miles across the Atlantic Ocean and was plucked out of the water by a fisherman in Morocco. Well, that's interesting. It traveled so far, um, but also stop throwing shit in the oceans, people. <laughs> yeah, what did it pollute say? the oceans enough? Um, Vivian Byerly is a uh, was a third grader in April 2019 when she wrote the message uh, for her part of a class assignment for Greensboro. Sarah Susan Ferguson's oh, in her Greensboro. It was Day a class school. assignment. It was a class to assignment. litter in the ocean. It's North Carolina, man. Fucking a, Wait, that was so a bunch of kids threw bottles in the ocean. I thought was it was it a like, plastic bottle? I guarantee there were plastic bottles. Weren't it they? looks like a glass <laughs> bottle to me. Okay, all right. Even then, fun that it traveled that far, I suppose. But you know, next time, teach your third graders about email and pen well, pals yeah, to get in touch e- with people from Morocco. The messages, the messages had an email address in them with the the teacher's email address and the school email address. And when the Moroccan fisherman found the bottle he emailed the teacher letting him know he'd got it um the message included photos of the bottle and the fisherman who found it along with his nephew who translated the message for his uncle uh the teacher ferguson said that byerly was able to reply to the fisherman's email and has received further responses with information about the discovery i mean that's kind of wholesome but i i'm with warner i just can't get over the like littering aspect of it it's yeah. cool that they um, like got into contact it, with the guy and yeah, it's wholesome they got in touch. But I don't know what I'm lesson does over that really teach messages in a bottle. Kid. Yeah, because now the kid's gonna want to throw more more bottles in the ocean. Now they're gonna want to throw more stuff in the ocean to try to connect with people. And also, if the class had you know twenty or thirty, I don't know how many kids. Maybe it only had ten kids, but even yeah, still. think of how many messages didn't make it anywhere and are now just. Again, polluting the ocean. Right. So is the lesson supposed to be like, look, see, if you, you know, were stranded on a deserted island, this would be an effective way to get help. Because I don't think it proves that. I think all the other kids' <laughs> bottles got lost and are never found, and one kid got lucky. Um, 
So guys, before we get out of here, let's give the people a little preview. What's coming this week that that they should keep an eye on? What 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 are we looking at this week? If you're get just getting into baseball now, you're like, hey, I've been seeing the MLBs going on. I heard the Marlins are good. I like to eat fish. I want to get into baseball. Uh, who are we watching this week? Warner, you you start. Uh, yeah, I mean a team we we mentioned them earlier. Uh, but I'm. I'm keeping an eye on the Padres this week. They've got a four-game set against the Dodgers coming up starting on Monday. Um, I think that can be a big, I don't know, maybe a make-or-break moment for them because they've gotten off to a pretty good start. They've had some wild late-inning wins. Um, And, you know, it's kind of going to be a battle for NL West. I think, again, everyone thinks Dodgers on top. Padres have really been proving that they are a good team uh, that is ready to compete right now. Um, and I think that that four game series that starts on Monday, uh, is going to be really fun, really exciting to watch. Um, we've got just lots of fun names, uh, in the game. We've obviously, I mean, the Dodgers, Cody Bellinger, Mookie Betts, uh, Sam, you love Justin Turner. No, I hate Max Justin Muncy. Turner. They're your favorite characters or favorite, character, favorite players. Um, we've got Clayton Kershaw's back, uh, and, ready to go and then on the Padres I mean Fernando Tatis so much fun uh Machado Tommy Pham he's fun uh got a fun name uh so yeah anyways Justin Turner looks like the the orange Sasquatch and I no disrespect to you well I mean I am disrespecting you there's no way about you are straight there's no way around it that is just disrespectful but I mean I don't like looking at you man and I like watching the Dodgers because they're so good but it sucks I gotta watch the Dodgers and see something that looks like that and by all accounts right. he's an extremely nice guy he's a very talented baseball player but I like Justin Turner I like I kind of like the way well I like his batting stance it's uh, his batting stance is entertaining to me because he does like this little like foot stomp and I feel like he's just like a bull like when it's like you know stomping its sure. foot like sure getting ready <laughs> to charge I think that that's in- kind of funny well my team of the week to watch my team to watch this upcoming week is the reds a team that's kind of been underachieving a little bit a lot of people pick them as like to be kind of the surprise and and win the nl central they're way behind the cubs they just lost three to one in the you know the ohio series with the indians um and the thing is their starting pitching is so good and they're just not backing those guys up They've got Kansas City and Pittsburgh coming up, two of the bottom teams in the league. They need to go, you know, they need to they need to win both those series. Um, you know, Sonny Gray is amazing. Sonny Gray has been one of the best pitchers in all of baseball this year. It's just everything else, you know. Um, the hitting has not been there. Eugenio Suarez, who I thought was going to be mashing taters all year, he hasn't done that. The only hitter that really is, like, putting up – Good things is, is Nick Castellanos. He is incredible. Over the last calendar year, he leads the MLB in extra base hits. He's a home run and doubles machine. Hopefully, they could get some... I'm interested this week to see, playing these bad teams, can these other guys who have been slumping start to play better? Can the bullpen not blow the leads or at least the good starts that they're getting from Gray, Castillo, Bauer... Um, I want to see the Reds step it up this week and get themselves back into the NL Central conversation. Uh, they're going to be playing on... Uh, so next Saturday, at the end of the baseball week, I guess that depends on... What do you guys consider? Is Saturday the last day of the week or is Sunday the last day of the week? Sunday. 
I think Sunday's the last day of the week, but most people say Saturday's the last day of the week. Well, when I think about baseball specifically, I would think Sunday is the last day because usually a series will end on Sunday. Sure. Well, Unless it's a wraparound series, but that's kind of rare. Regardless, next Saturday they're going to be playing uh, the Pirates on Fox Sports 1. Sandy, Sonny Gray's going to be pitching. So if you're looking to watch a really good pitcher, check that team out. Check that game out. Um, and then, uh, Charlie, who's your team to watch this week? All right, my team is the Atlanta Braves. So they've just got a bunch of really interesting and intriguing series is coming up. They're playing the Phillies right now this weekend. That'll be wrapped up by the time this episode comes out, but I think that's an interesting series. Then they have a two-game set at Yankee Stadium, and Braves and Yankees, I I think that's going to be an awesome two-game set of just, like, balls-to-the-wall baseball. Those games are going to be lights out, I think. And then they go and play the Marlins, who are the hottest team in baseball. So I think the Braves just this week, Yankees and Marlins is really intriguing. Sad news about Soroka being done for the year. Yeah. Yep, that is really sad and a a huge blow to them. But I I think that team, out of all the teams in baseball, they're one of the ones I think that can probably bounce back and kind of rally around like, let's do it for Soroka type of thing. I think the Braves kind of have that in them, I hope. And I'm excited to see how um, how they bounce back from that. And, yeah, I think them playing the Yankees and them playing the Marlins are going to be two really, really interesting series. All right, guys. Well, those are our teams to watch. We've talked about last week's news. Looking forward, we like to make predictions here, but we're not just picking games. We're not just picking, oh, who's going to be the star of the week. No, we are really putting our reputations on the line. And our reputations are important. Our, we have we have dazzling reputations. And we're putting them on the line every week by telling you, Nostradamus style, who is going to throw a no-hitter. No, we have not hit yet. Not really even come that close. Uh, I think Charlie's pick of Lance Lynn in week one was the closest there was. But that's not going to stop us because this week I am sure with my no-hit pick. How do you guys feel? Well, I was really confident last week. And I'm I'm even more confident this week. Warner, so. how confident are you feeling? Not at all. Great. That's what I like to hear. Well, my no-hit pick <laughs> this week is Kyle Freeland of the Colorado Rockies. Tuesday, he's going against the Diamondbacks. Freeland's got a 2-4-1 ERA, a 107 whip. He's been great. And the Arizona offense has been pretty underwhelming. I like Kyle Freeland to throw a no-hitter against the Diamondbacks this week. Warner, what about you? Um, I mean, we 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 saw Clayton Kershaw back. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Clayton Kershaw. I think that'd be fun. Uh, I think you know he's uh not been as good in his uh more recent seasons, but I think it'd be real fun if he just showed up. Most likely be pay, be playing the Padres on on Thursday. Um. I mean, I know that might be tough against the Padres, but Clayton Kershaw. Your no-hit like pick him. is facing your team to watch. That's going to be interesting. Yeah, which, you know, makes it an interesting game, all in all. So, yeah. <laughs> and Charlie, closing us out, who is throwing a no-hitter this week? Well, last week I said uh, Lance Lynn was going to go even further than pitch a no-hitter. He was going to pitch a perfect game. 
Well, Lance Lynn he started on Sunday against the Angels. I don't know how that went yet, but he should be slated next to face it off against the Rockies in Coors. I think he's going to not only pitch a perfect game, he's going to pitch a perfect game where he hits the only run in the game, a solo ding-dong in Coors Field. They're going to let Lance Lynn hit? He's pitching a perfect game. Yes, he's going to hit, and then he's going to hit a ding-dong. So they're going to say, we decided not to use a DH for this game? Oh, yeah, you're right. I forgot it's 2020. (laughs) They're going to let him hit. Well, they're, in Coors oh, State. they're in Coors Field, I and I forgot that I there's a universal say he's gonna throw I was getting really, a, Say he's going to strike out 27. I was, I was trying to go higher than a perfect game, yeah, and that's really the only thing. That, I'm Leave it in. Leave him me being an idiot. Well, that's fine. They're going to pitch him anyway. They're gonna, or they're gonna, I mean, they they're could forego the DH if they want. They're going to because they have listened to the podcast. They've heard Nostradamus speak. They, Lance Lynn, if they do this, Lance Lynn will pitch a perfect game. He will hit a home run, and it'll be the only run they need. And, yeah, well, that's my prediction. Guys, if, if, if you forget everything you've heard on this podcast episode today, don't forget that. Check that out. You're going to want to watch Lance Lynn throw a perfect game against the Rockies and then somehow bat in the bottom of the ninth and hit a walk-off ding-dong. Well, it wouldn't be. Well, the top of the ninth and hit a go-ahead ding-dong. Yeah. Check that out. That's really, I mean, that's going to be one of the most historic moments in the history of baseball. So that's the, the kind of content you can only. I mean, why wouldn't the Rangers do it? What do they have to lose? Just the baseball game. Well, that's the kind of content you can only get on the OGAT Clubhouse. But you can also get some good content on our weekly podcast, One Game at a Time, that comes out on Tuesdays. So check that out. It's on the same channel. It's very easy. Just whatever channel you're on listening to this. If you're on Apple or Spotify or Google or whatever, just go into the, our episodes. They'll be right there. They're all pretty good. Check them out. Um, check us out on all their social media, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, at uh, OGATPod. Email us, OGATPod at gmail.com. Join our Patreon, One Game at a Time podcast. Uh, you'll get all kinds of perks and benefits, and I'll draw an MS Paint portrait that you choose. Um, you know, tell your friends. Be safe, wear a mask, don't fly drones into baseball stadiums unless you really want to. <laughs> guys, you have anything else to add? Uh, nope. No. Have a good week. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. See ya. Bye. Bye-bye.